You know, last Sunday, if you were here, I ended the service talking about uh, when Jesus was uh, teaching the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. You know, in, uh, in that sermon, he preached all kinds of key principles. And he talked about uh, the keys to living a blessed life. And he, he said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for they shall see God. You know, you remember what he said there, the Beatitudes, and he just, but he also talked about, you know, why we shouldn't judge and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, how we should uh, live our lives uh, uh, in this world. And, and he just laid it all out. When he finished everything, and he mentioned a number of things, he concluded that great sermon by with using this parable in Matthew 7. Most of you are very familiar with it, but I want to revisit it for just a moment. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Now, obviously in this parable, Jesus contrasts two different people who build their lives or their house, which represents their life on two different foundations. And Jesus gives us a key here, the key to building a strong life. You know, the strength of your life is determined by how much pressure you can handle. How much tribulation you can go through. Some people, you know, they have the littlest trial and tribulation of their life and, and they just fall apart. Well, God don't want us to fall apart because the wind blows. How many of you know here in the South, God don't want us to fall apart because there's a hurricane in the Gulf? I mean, we would all be falling apart, right? If we, if that was the case, he wants us to be strong. He wants our lives to be solid. Is that right? He wants us to have the kind of life that can weather the storms of life and that are not easily pushed over because somebody didn't say hi to us or somebody didn't pat us on the back or somebody didn't invite us to a party or whatever the case may be. Come on, the Lord wants us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, right? There's a big difference between those, you know, who build their house on sand and those who built their house on the rock. And so... Jesus gives us the key to building your, a strong life, and he gives it to us there in, in verse 7. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Both of those men heard the word. One put them into practice. And so it's those that put the word of God into practice that have strong lives. You see, it's not just good enough to hear the word. In fact, if you hear the word and you don't apply it, you could be doing more harm to your life than good, right? In fact, listen, James 1.22 says this, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately he forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. How many of you want to be blessed in what you do? Now listen, it's not rocket scientist, but it's so simple we could all miss it. So it's not just good enough to hear the word. 
you got to learn to apply it. You need to learn to put it into practice in your life. So if you truly want to live a blessed life, a strong life, that's not easily pushed over by the enemy or swayed by the storms of life, you need to learn to apply the word of God to your life, right? So now let me just quickly give you four keys that I think helps us to apply the word of God. Now, one is take the time to learn the Bible. You know, in verse 24, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Before you can put it into practice, you have to hear the word, right? How can you put into practice what you don't know? So you got to take the time to hear the word, to learn the word. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, in third world countries, there's people that die of dysentery just because they don't know that their, their water is dirty and is polluted. And if they drink it, it'll kill them because of the lack of knowledge. They're dying all the time because they don't know anything about germs and parasites and all that stuff. But if they just knew the truth, then they could save many lives. Jesus said, if you know the truth, you will be free, right? So lack of knowing is what leaves us vulnerable and unprotected spiritually. That's why we continue to encourage people to do these life groups so that you don't just wait. You don't just get a little bit of, of, of teaching about the Word of God on Sundays or Wednesdays, but you're, you're, you're learning and you're growing because the more you know, the more you grow. And the more you grow, the stronger your life will be, right? And so you need to learn the word. If you don't have a Bible, don't leave before you get one. Just go into the, into the lobby there, into the info center to my left. We, we want to give you one, but don't just take, don't just get a Bible. Read your Bible. Listen, if you got one of the big old booming Bibles on your coffee table, wipe the dust off of that thing and open it up and start reading that Bible. Amen. It's not going to do you any good on the coffee table. It's got to get down here in your heart, right? A second key to applying the word of God into your life is this, having strong conviction. You got to have a strong conviction. Listen to this verse, uh, a couple verses. First Thessalonians 1, 4 says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. What is conviction? You know, I believe conviction means you have confidence and you have assurance in the value and the usefulness and the ability of the word of God. You know, listen, if you don't have a value for anything, you pay it no mind. You give it no attention. And some people, even Christians, even church going people, they don't have any value for the word of God. But you got to have conviction. In other words, conviction says, I'm confident in what the word says. I am, I am assured of what the word says. I know the word of God is useful and gives me the ability to live a strong life. In fact, listen to this. We'll never apply God's word if we don't have confidence in the ability of the word of God to change your life. Say, oh, that sounds good, but I'm not going to do that because you don't have confidence in it. If you have a strong conviction, whenever I have a strong conviction, you're not moving me off of it. So if anybody tries to tell me something or tries to persuade me to act or do something different than the word of God, my conviction says, I don't care who you are, what you've done, how much money you got, what kind of house you live in. The word of God is my pilot light. Amen. And come on, it has to be all of ours, right? We have to have confidence that the word of God is valuable, useful, and has the ability to change your life. 
2 Timothy 3.16, Paul said, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true, make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So Paul believed the Bible was God inspired and was useful enough to prepare us for every good work. Do y'all believe that? Do you have a strong conviction about that? You'll never apply the word of God until you start valuing the word of God. Number, number three, a third key to applying the word of God is having boldness in your life. Boldness is having courage. It's being brave and fearless. And so listen, you know, sometimes as Christians, you know, we, we're not bold enough in our Christianity. Everybody else's boat, they'll come right in your face and tell you what they believe and who they are and all that. Come on, it's time for the Christians to step out of the closet and just say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. It's not arrogance, it's not cockiness, but it's boldness to say, listen, I don't care what you think, brother. I'm serving the Lord. Amen. You can stand up here like a Missouri mule eating sawbrow on a frosty morning while I preach the word, but the word of God is the truth. Amen. Amen. Yes, it is. And so listen, Acts 4.13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, Peter and John, they didn't have any special training. They didn't go to Bible college to learn about the Bible. But what they did have was the boldness and the fearlessness to live out the scripture. They were convinced they had strong conviction. And regardless of what other people believed or said, they were going to follow the word of God. And people recognized the boldness on them. Amen. Come on. We got to quit being, you know, wimpy. We got to quit being timid and we got to be bold for the word of God, for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. You know, I think sometimes people are reluctant to act on the or obey the word of God because the spirit of fear is operating in their life. Like they're afraid if they if they act like a Christian, somebody might laugh at them. Or if they if they if they act like a Christian, that somebody might make fun of them. Well, let them make fun. Amen. Let them make fun. Let them laugh. But I promise you, whenever you get escorted in the streets of Go. You're not, you know, you're going to be glad you stood up for the word of God. That's why Paul told his young son, Timothy, in the faith, he said in 2 Timothy 1, 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his, or, or, or me as his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel, according to the power of God. You know what I believe? The fear of man can keep you from walking in the gifts of God. The fear of man can keep you from walking in the power of God. The fear of man can keep you walking in the calling of God, the destiny of God. So be, come on, be bold, man of God. Be bold, woman of God. Don't let the fear of man stop you anymore. You just be bold and you just live out your Christian life bold and, and strong in the Lord. Amen. You remember when Peter... Remember when Peter, he was, he was, he, before he was filled with the spirit, he wasn't so bold. And whenever they said, Hey, that's one of them disciples right there. And he's like, No, no, not me, not me. He denied the Lord. Remember that? 
He kept denying the Lord, kept denying the Lord. But whenever he got the Spirit of God came on him after the after Pentecost, Peter stood up and he preached to the very ones that crucified Jesus. And he said, you that crucified him, let me tell you who you crucified. This is not some weak person you put on the cross. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. And he boldly proclaimed the word of God. And the conviction of the Lord came upon the crowd of people. And the Bible says 3,000 people got saved in one day. Amen. Come on, maybe we just need to get a little bolder in our Christian life and not just feel like we got to laugh at the off-color jokes and the racial slurs and we ain't got to mix in with all them and we can just stand up and live in godliness and righteousness and it matters not whether they like it or they don't like it. Who knows, the conviction of God might come on our workplace and somebody might get saved, amen. Woo, glory, amen. We need to be free from fear, right? And then the final key to applying the word of God in your life is faith. Faith in God and his word. In Ephesians or Hebrews 4, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard, listen, was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with With what? Faith. See, unless you believe, unless you have faith, the children of Israel were promised a place of rest, a promised land. But but Hebrews tells us they never ended. If you read the story, they never entered in the rest, the promised land. Why? Not because God didn't give them a word that they could go in. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. You know, there's over 3,000 promises in the word of God. Some people believe it, some people don't. Like, for instance, I just said, listen, if you're sick, we're going to lay hands on you, we're going to pray. Some people don't believe that. But listen, I read my Bible, and Jesus is in red letters, which means he said it. He said the believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Listen, I prayed for a lot of people that didn't recover, but I'll tell you something else. I prayed for a lot of people and they have recovered. I've seen tumors shrink up. I've seen cancers leave people's bodies. I'll tell you what, it don't happen all the time, but if you don't believe the promise of God, you'll never experience the promise of God. Come on, you gotta have faith in the promise of God. Amen, if you if you wanna apply the word of God, you gotta have faith in the word of God. Faith is believing and trusting what God said is enough and you're willing to act on it. Come on, are you willing to act on it? Listen, God promised to answer our prayer if we pray, but we'll never receive that benefit if we never pray. God promises us that we can be healed if we pray, right? But if we never pray, we'll never see his healing, right? God promises blessing if we're generous, generous financially, generous with our time, generous in our character, generous in our, in our, in the words that we use. But we'll never see the blessing of generosity if we never, if we never move over into the promise of God and get generous. Amen. And so God promised us to bless us if we obey the word of God. But if we never obey the word of God, we'll never see the promise of God. In Deuteronomy 28, he said, all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. You will be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Now, if you're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the country. That's pretty good, right? The fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flock. Now, we don't have flocks and herds and probably most of us in this room. But, you know, in, in today's version, your bank account will be blessed. 
Come on, does that get your attention? Come on, your business will be blessed. That's what he's talking about there. Your basket and your kneading bowl, your trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come out and blessed when you, blessed when you come in and blessed when you go. Blessed when you come out, blessed when you come in. That's pretty good, right? The Lord will grant the enemies who rise up against you. You will be defeated. They will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, flee from his seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hands to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. Right? Right? Listen, he said all these blessings will come upon you, right? Listen, look at verse 2. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Isn't that incredible? The Lord wants to bless us. You know, there's a promise in, in, in uh, remember in Matthew 7, blessed are those. Jesus said, blessed are those who build their house on the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Some people build their life. They put all their trust in material things and their work and their retirement account and all that stuff. And, and that's, that's the man who builds his house on the sand. Because whenever you got a terminal disease, whenever you, they tell you you got blockage in your heart, when they tell you, you know, you just had some kind of tragedy, catastrophe in your life, listen, all the money in the bank don't matter. How much you own don't matter. But when your life is on Christ and you can draw on the strength of the Lord, the comfort of the Lord, listen, you have a strength that people that don't know the Lord have no idea. So you got to build your house on the rock, right? Why don't you do me a favor and just bow your head with me for just a moment. If you hear today and you, you know without a no, without a doubt that you're building your house on the wrong foundation. You're building it on sand. You're building it on the ways and, and the values of the world. But tonight you realize, man, I need to build my life on the rock and I want to build my life on Christ. And I just want to give my all to Him. Come on, if the Lord is just calling you right now and you feel the need to just surrender your heart and your life to Christ, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. And I want to just pray a prayer for you. Just, or pray a prayer with you rather. If that's you, just lift your hand. And so if one hand goes up, I want to take the time. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you for being so bold. Anybody else? Just listen. Listen, this one hand right here. That Anybody else? Maybe the Lord's just dealing with somebody else. But listen, just slip up your hand just, just, to, just to say in the front of all these, these people here that I'm willing and I'm ready to surrender to the Lord. Let's pray together. Let's pray. My brother, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. I don't want to build my life on sand. I want to build them on the rock. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me for all my sins? I choose this day to surrender to you. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, my brother. God bless you, man. God bless you. Amen.